Since the murder of George Floyd and the show must be paused in 2020, there's been a lot of talk about diversifying the music industry. But I've often heard from mostly white music industry folks that the traditional networks and practices they've used for years aren't getting the results they want. To solve this problem, some enterprising individuals have created diversity databases to provide more options. Welcome to the future of what? I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how efforts to diversify the workforce are going and about some specific solutions. After all, if the resources are out there, there's no excuse to continue to hire only people who look like you. It's all coming up on the future of what? My guest today is Jaya Thomas. She is a sports and entertainment attorney based in LA and the founder of Diverse Representation. Jaya, welcome to the future of what? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to speak to you today. So we are uh, a podcast about the music industry and it's been very high on our list for the last several years to keep the conversation going about diversity in the music industry at all levels. And what I wanted to talk to you about today is this diverse representation organization that you've started, because I think what's what's really cool is that, you know, people talk a lot about bringing bringing diverse people in sort of in the beginning, but then they don't necessarily talk about what you do to support executives throughout their whole career. So Mm -hmm. if you want to get started by just telling us, how did you start uh, Diverse Representation? How did you come to decide to create this organization? Sure, great question. Um, So as you already mentioned, I am an attorney um, in the entertainment space. I've been practicing for about 15 years. And one of the things I've just kind of always seen in the industry when it comes to talent is that oftentimes they don't have diverse teams, especially mm-hmm. musicians. You know, oftentimes their agent is white, their lawyer is white, their publicist is white, their financial advisor is white. You know, they they have an entirely white team, and I felt like that wasn't something that people in the industry were talking enough about when it comes to diversity. You know, the people behind the scenes, the teams, the executives, and so it was something that was just kind of always in the back of my mind because for a lot of my clients. I was oftentimes usually the only black person on their team. Mm. So something that I was kind of always thinking about, but didn't really have a solution for it per se. And then uh, the weekend that the movie Black Panther came out, uh, I was having a conversation with a good girlfriend who's a publicist, another black woman. And, you know, in L.A., everyone was so excited about all this diversity on screen. And, oh, we've made such huge inroads. And, you know, wow, like, you know, we've solved the diversity problem. And I remember having a conversation with her and we we're like, you know, that's all great that all these black faces are on screen, but who are the people behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. You know, who are their agents? Who are their lawyers? Who are their publicists? And that weekend I did some research and found out that the entire cast had white agents, white managers, white oh, publicists. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and white lawyers, only Lupita had a black lawyer. I mean, otherwise like it was crazy. Just, I mean, the lack of diversity behind the scenes. And similarly with regards to the executives who oversaw the production of Black Panther, overwhelmingly mm. white, wow. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about diversity, but I feel like 
for so long has just been focused kind of on the talent side. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and whoever is kind of front facing. And we were never doing enough with regards to behind the scenes. So that weekend I said, well, you know, let me put together a directory of all the black agents, attorneys and publicists and managers in the entertainment industry. So that when people are looking to hire, you know, black folks, now here's this database. And so that's really how the company started. I had no idea what it was going to turn into. I just wanted to get the information out there. So it started off as just kind of this database. And honestly, organically, it's grown into a lot of different programs, initiatives, events. The company is now four years old. And Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we've really grown over the past four years into tackling a lot of other issues in the entertainment industry. And one of those issues that we tackled last year was specifically with regards to the music industry. You know, after George Floyd was murdered, a lot of the music labels, a lot of companies in the music industry started coming out with all of these declarations and, you know, solutions to their lack of diversity. But one thing we were seeing was there still weren't any solutions being offered to the lack of diversity at the C-suite level, mm. which honestly is the most important level because if there's no diversity at the leadership level, it, you know, everything underneath it almost doesn't even matter. So, you know, less than 10% of executives in the music industry are black and the music industry is heavily dominated by a lot of black artists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we kind of saw this problem where there still were no programs, no initiatives, nothing being done to ensure more black leadership in the music industry. So, We partnered with Color of Change to launch a Black Music Executives Pipeline program to help try to create a pipeline for more Black executives in the music industry. So that's something, you know, that we we launched last year. And how's it going? It's going well. Um, You know, last year obviously was our first year doing it, kind of looked at it as a pilot program. We ended up getting, I think, close to a thousand applications for the program and ended up accepting 12 people Wow! into the program. So yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, ideally we would have loved to accept a lot more. It's just a matter of like bandwidth, um, right. but accepted 12 people who were from all over the country. And it was a three month program where during those three months, they got mentors. We had a speaker series. We had executive coaches help them with their resumes, their LinkedIn profiles, really kind of provided as many resources as possible for them to take their career to the next level. And also, like I said, we got close to a thousand applications for this. We aggregated all of those resumes from the applicants and created a database of black music professionals because oftentimes what I've heard in the industry and what a lot of people hear from labels or streaming companies or, you know, any music related companies is we don't know where to find black talent. Mm -hmm. We don't know where to find diverse candidates. So, you know, we ended up taking all these resumes and creating a database of, you know, black professionals so that now when companies are trying to find black candidates, okay, now here's a a resource for you of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of potential candidates from across the country. So, you know, it's kind of hard to use the excuse anymore of we can't find them. (laughs) Exactly. So what is the, the website? How can people find this database? Sure. So the website is diverserepresentationmusic.com and I can link that as well. So also if you go to our just regular website, Diverse Representation, uh, it provides a link too. Fantastic. One thing I noticed about your job board at diverserepresentation.com is that 
not only do you have a link for job seekers, you have a link for employers. And I think that's important to get that out there as well, because, you know, when people are saying, oh, we can't find diverse talent, you know, it's also possible that they are relying on networks that have mm-hmm. been traditionally white. I think, you know, I saw that myself for as a white person in the music industry. You know, I when I had some jobs open up in the last couple of years, and the first cat, the first candidates who came to me were also white. So mm-hmm. I said to myself, how do we do this? Like, how do I make more of an effort? And the, the answer for me was increase my network. Mm-hmm. Reach out to the people in my network who don't look like me. Ask them for their recommendations. Ask them to reach to their networks. You know, and I, f- I feel like that's one real problem that's overarching with this whole issue is people's comfort and, and mm-hmm. I think people want to just do their job and be comfortable and not think. And I feel like, you know, it's actually not that hard to just make <laughs> a little bit more effort, you know, when you're just going about your daily life and like, you know, make and, and hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? You're going to end up with more friends. I mean, this is totally. not. This like, is not and also, hard. like, none of this is brain surgery. You exactly. Know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like when it comes to the, the diversity issue, I mean, I just feel like none of this is brain surgery, you right. know? And I feel like oftentimes we make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. I don't know. I, personally, I think that a lot of these solutions are, are quite obvious and quite easy. But absolutely. Maybe and that's just... <laughs> no, no. I mean, absolutely. And I think, you know, I want to go back to what you said about if the if the leadership isn't diverse, then the whole thing sort of doesn't matter. And it is funny because during Music Biz, which is our big conference last May... One of my keynotes was uh, me interviewing John Platt, the head of Sony Music Publishing. And I Mm. said, I said at one point, I said, you're one of the, you know, one of the highest ranking black executives in the music industry. And he said, he corrected me and he said, I am the highest ranking Mm -hmm. black executive in the music industry. I am the only person of color who leads a global music business. Which is crazy. Yeah, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And that really just, I was like, whoa, that, that is heavy. Like that's a big, that's a, such a big statement because if you think about how many, you know, global music industries there are, music companies, it's kind of crazy. But one thing I did want to add to that was, you know, when we do our programming, when I'm, I'm lucky enough at Music Biz to have put on over 70 events in the last couple of years during the pandemic, we have had no problem finding diverse talent. Like that is one thing about this industry is that in the last 20 years, a lot of people have come into this industry. Now, maybe they haven't advanced the way they should, Mm -hmm. but they are there. So if you look, you find them. And that's kind of very heartening. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely there. I think sometimes people are just lazy mm-hmm. Yeah. in terms of finding them because it's, you know, I have people from different companies all the time tell me like, oh, I, I just don't, I can't find. I'm like, really? Because I feel like it's not not that hard. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I could literally give just give names of, of potential candidates for almost any role position, you know, just off the top of my head. And so I just think sometimes people are lazy in, in terms of finding them. Well, and also if you think about it from a cultural standpoint, you know, it, it, it really implies that there's more at work here than just personal laziness. It seems to me that, you know, if you make a system so that the system keeps giving you white candidates, 
Right. And then you can just be lazy and be like, oh, well, I don't, you know, I work. Hey, I did the things that the system told me to do (laughs) to look for a candidate. And these are the people I came up with. And that's, you know, that that makes me go, hmm, Mm -hmm. right, about the way Mm -hmm. the system works. Totally. I completely agree with you. Because I feel like, you know, always blaming it on just individual laziness or just personal, you know, individuals. Is, over, is is ignoring the overarching system because I feel like sometimes yeah. these systems, you know, that's the point of culture is to make us ignore True. why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> True. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, there are systemic issues at play as well. I completely Definitely. agree. So I want to hear more about the Black Music Executives Pipeline. Are you guys going to be doing this every year? Great question. So I think it's something we're planning on doing every other year. Mm-hmm. So we didn't. We are not doing it this year. It ended. It was towards the end of last year. So it ended like around November, December. Mm-hmm. And this year we've just had so many other programs and and initiatives going on that we did not do it again this year. But we are going to do it again next year. <clears throat> and I think last year, you know, as the first program, we were able to take some time this year to figure, also figure out what worked, what didn't work, you know, what can be changed for next time. And last year was also kind of tough because we were still, I mean, and we are still in the midst of a pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, that was challenging at times. So, you know, hoping that next year we'll have made a little more headway with regards to the pandemic, that we can open it up a little more. I mean, most of the programming we did last year forward was over Zoom. And we would love to have, you know, more in-person components to it uh, the next time we do it. So, yeah, it's something that, you know, I think right now we're planning on doing every other year, kind of our tentative schedule. That's fantastic. But in the meantime, diverserepresentationmusic.com exists on the internet. People can go there to search the database, right? To find Absolutely. some Absolutely. great so, talent. Yeah, and we have, it's, you know, it's very user-friendly. We have different, you know, we have all the resumes separated by category. Um, so if you're looking for a lawyer, if you're looking for an accountant, you know, it, it's very user-friendly. If you're looking for people in a certain city or state, uh, we have that those search uh, functionalities. And also what we're going to be doing is opening it up this year, even though we're not doing the program this year, we're going to open it up for people who want to be in the database. So we're going to be accepting more people into the database this year as well, because there are a lot of diverse people who work in the music industry who maybe didn't know about the program or couldn't be a part of the program or maybe didn't want to be a part of the program, but would still love to be a part of the database. Mm. You know, when companies are looking for candidates, they would still love to be featured in that. So this year we are going to be opening that up for more people to submit themselves to be a part of that database. Great. Do you need uh, to join something or get, no. get a password to get into the database? So to get into the, get into the database, yes, um, just because we don't want... Right, people's information um, yeah. out there. Yes. <laughs> to become just like public uh, information. So um, we, we do have a contact page where if companies are interested in utilizing the database, you know, they do contact us and we do provide them with the password. But yeah, we, we just don't make everyone's profile public, you know, just because we don't want everyone's like phone numbers and addresses, you know, publicly Definitely. available to anybody. So Definitely. Well, I think this is amazing, Jaya. I'm so excited. Um, you know, if is there a way that folks can get involved, that they can sponsor this, that they can help uh, this pipeline grow? Definitely. So, you know, last year, 
We relied on a lot of different companies to provide speakers for the pipeline program, to provide mentors. So if anyone is interested in you know, being a part of our next cohort for the pipeline program, we're always looking for speakers. We're always looking for mentors. Next year, I think we're also gonna open it up to have our cohort shadow different executives for a day or a mm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, so also, you know, if anyone or any company is interested in providing any resources in that regard, more than happy to, you know, speak with them because we're always looking for, yeah, for more help and, and more volunteers and, and more assistance. So definitely. Great. Great. So that people can connect through diverserepresentation.com? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Jaya Thomas is the founder of diverserepresentation.com, and I appreciate you so much. Everything you're doing is really helping all these different industries, so thank (laughs) you for that, and thanks for being with me today on The Future of What. Thank you so much for having me. My guest today is Jonathan Azu. He is the founder and CEO of Culture Collective. Jonathan, welcome to The Future of What. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. I am happy to have you. So today we are talking on the future of what about our ongoing initiatives in the music industry to help with diversification. You know, all of this sort of came to a head a couple of years ago. And for myself at Music Biz, you know, we've really been focusing on this. We've really been working hard in the in the events that we put on to make sure that we have representation and visibility for folks across the industry, because there are diverse people in the industry. However, you know, uh, we need to do better and we all know we need to do better. So I wanted to talk to you today because you found you have founded an organization called Diversity in Music. Correct. Yep. Diversityinmusic.org, along with a couple other um, initiatives I'm sure we'll get into today. But uh, I, I founded that in the throes of of the country, the industry being kind of upended with what we all witnessed in Minneapolis. And then, like I, I, I've been saying, is that the industry finally looked itself in the mirror and said, I don't like what I see. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you know, and a lot a lot of us out there, including myself, had kind of said that I, I don't like what I see a long time ago. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it just it just had that self-reflection around that 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 pit, that horrible, you know, moment, the, the, the top of the pyramid example of systemic racism that happened in Minneapolis. But, you know, if you look down the pyramid, those are the things that really have impacted our industry. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what diversityinmusic.org was set up to accomplish. So, you know, I'm lucky enough to have had a, a, a really strong, you know, reflecting back at it, a really strong 20 year career in the industry. And I had started my own company just to take a step back. I started Culture Collective about a year prior to the pandemic, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> great timing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's almost glad it happened that way, because ultimately, I don't know if I would have started the company if it had been, you know, the pandemic would have hit and like, oh, I'm, I wasn't planning to start the company for another six months. What would I have done it? Right. Because, mm-hmm. um, we you know, we faced a lot of challenges from a business perspective. But from, you know, for the reasons why we started the business, we say we started for reasons bigger than music. Mm-hmm. And it was to be an example of a company that was led by somebody of color. And I built my career on the shoulders of people that primarily did not look like me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I never had anybody I ever worked for that looked like me wow. in my career. And I found myself having a seat at the table in this industry, but not really seeing anybody else that looked like me at the table. Mm-hmm. And 
you 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 get to a, a certain age in life, um, a lot of life things happened. You start to look back and you say, "How did I get here? And, and what what do I want my existence and presence and impact to be going forward?" And for me, it was really about making an impact around diversity and inclusion and being an example. So that was well before the incident in Minneapolis mm-hmm. with, with the, the, the murder of George Floyd right. and launched the company and had a lot of people that looked like me come up and say that, you know, you've inspired me to go down that same path. And it was, you know, very much rewarding. Um, when George Floyd was murdered, uh, funny enough, I, I literally got a phone call from, uh, from somebody, sometimes multiple people for every company that I've worked for in my career. Whoa. And, and it was it was colleagues saying, I just want to talk. You know, I want to talk about, you know, what's going on. I want to talk about your experience that you had when you were working at said company. Mm-hmm. And um, what was that like? And how can these folks that were calling me, how can I be better? How can we be better? How can I push my company to be better? Wow. And one of the things that I, I often heard was that we want to be diverse. We want to be inclusive. But naturally, you tend to look in front of you, behind you, and next to you, especially in management, when you're trying to fill a void, and you just grab whatever's there. And yep. oftentimes, that's, that's comfortability, and mm-hmm. oftentimes, that's not diverse, because the, 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 the people that are in the power positions, the executives that are out there, naturally know people, related to people, or are comfortable with people, whether it's you know, intentional or not, they're comfortable with people that look like them. And then that's, that's what ends up getting into the funnel place. So long story short, I'd heard enough of, I want to be diverse. I want to hire diverse, but I just don't know where to find those people. So I I was thinking, so there doesn't, there's, there's no website out there that exists. That's kind of like, let's call it the LinkedIn Mm -hmm. for people uh, of color and women in our industry. And at the same time, everybody's saying that they want to hire. We're in the throes of a pandemic. Most of the people that I know in the industry are been downsized, uh, laid off, or are, are making less than they were before and hoping that it doesn't get worse or they lose their jobs. So how can that be going on at the same time? People are saying that they want to hire. So let me create a product where we can connect hiring managers with underrepresented minorities who at that time, we're looking for work. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. And interesting, like any product, any digital product that you create, what ended up happening was people started getting on the site that had great jobs and were fine, but just wanted to be visible in an environment where they can connect with people. So that was the, the emphasis of the site, really. You know, and, and it's not anything that we do as a business. We're an manage, artist management company. We manage artists. That's our core. We work with all artists of color. And um, you know, we have a record label, and we do you know, brand solutions. We work with a lot of really great brands out there on developing music initiatives for them. But we felt like this was a need. Mm-hmm. And I've always been an entrepreneur. If something's calling on me, I, I have to do it. And you know, starting the company was an example of that. <laughs> and yeah. this, this product was also an example of that. That's fantastic. So uh, how's it been going in the last year, two years? Um, in general, you know, I think uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a large question. So I'm going to answer it from a couple <laughs> different places. Good. I'm going to answer it from a, from a product standpoint, which is kind of easy to answer. You know, people have, I've, I've hired from it. I know people that have hired from it. People have connected on it. That's been great. Um, you know, the industry's slowly coming back together and we're seeing hiring happen again, you know, broadly which has been awesome. And, you know, from a, from an industry perspective, how's it going? I think there were a lot of promises that were made Hmm. over the last 
two or three years, promises that people made of themselves and promises that companies made, uh, some publicly. And now it's about this accountability phase, mm-hmm. all right? I mean, yeah. You know, we're all super busy right now. I mean, it's wild out there in the music business and it, it's, there's, it's moving really quick and we're still trying to navigate this wave of COVID. You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've had two artists book really big shows with two days notice because a, a headline or whatever dropped out. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, so it's still because they got sick. So it's still, it's still happening out there. But what I'm hoping that the industry doesn't do is get distracted and go back to the place that it once was now that, you know, the officer that, you know, put his knee on George Floyd's neck is in jail and convicted. Um, we, uh, two, I think I saw this morning that two other officers were, 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 were convicted as well, mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. today. You know, that that's, justice was served doesn't mean that we, we lean back <laughs> yeah. in the industry and say, okay, that pinnacle, that pyramid, uh, justice, was, justice was served at the top of the pyramid, so we don't have to worry about anything underneath it. We still, as an industry, really have to look at ourselves and say, how can we be, we be better? Um, and how can we you know, enact change? And I think it starts at the top. I mean, I own my own company, so I can tell you it's at the top there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of the conversations that I had with colleagues that I had worked with in the past, some of the concerns that they had was, as employees, what can they do mm-hmm. to impact their culture and hiring at their companies. And I, and I, you know, part of my comments were, there's a lot they can do on their own, but also it's pressuring the top. Mm-hmm. If it's a board or if it's a, if it's the CEO or the president of the company, you've got to put, apply pressure there. And ultimately, you know, I think this next generation of, of executives that's coming into the industry, they, they want to rock with companies that are diverse. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, when they're asking questions about, well, how much vacation and, you know, what's the work-life balance and, um, which there is none in the industry, but you know when they're asking these questions about the j- pr- prospective job, in that line of questioning should be, how diverse is the company? What mm-hmm. it, w- what are the diversity and inclusion initiatives that that this company stands behind? Help me understand that as a prospective employee. That's an important question to ask. You know, the industry to help correct it. You know, they should feel those pressures, and I think it's going to happen. I, th- I think this next generation really, we saw it. I mean, I. You know, I, I personally, obviously, over the last couple of years, have done a lot on the on the the DNI side, but I've done it mostly from a from a from a from a desk mm-hmm. in front of a computer or on a phone or on a microphone. And that generation was out there right. on the streets, right? right? They were out there on the front lines expressing themselves, and we're we're lucky to have that be the next generation that enters the industry. I completely agree. And I also think that one of the important parts of this for people coming into the industry or who are currently in it, you know, it's like we talk about diversifying the pipeline and it's like, that's great. You know, finding a a diverse population of potential hirees is really great. But then once people are in companies, how are they supported? Right. Are they promoted? Are, you know, are, is there a structure in place where there's mentorship, where there's, you know, folks that look like them all the way up the food chain. And I think that's the part that we are embarking on right now that's going to be like the true sort of make or break moment for the industry in the next like five to 10 years. Yeah. And recognizing it. I mean, I remember being a, a young executive working at companies where, you know, I, I was the minority along with literally maybe two or three others in the company. Mm-hmm. And, we, we, and we had no support group. Yeah. And we literally would get into an office 
and close the door and talk it out, sometimes cry it out about what we were experiencing, feeling, dealing with, seeing. And the thing that's, that, you know, needs to be corrected and, you know, is that we, we, if, if you don't know, if, you, if you're not hearing from a mentor or someone that's a superior or your boss that, hey, you're not, these, these feelings you have or these thoughts that you have or these questions that you have are not abnormal, you don't know if it's just you. Right, yeah, definitely. Right? You don't know if it's just you. So if everybody's sitting in that example I gave, sitting in an office, really sharing with each other is all of the same point in the roadmap. They're all developing executives, not senior executives. You tend to not know, hey, is this, how, how can we manage up? How can, you know, is this a uh, unusual feeling or perspective that I have? So you're right. We got a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do uh, out there. And, and as that slowly happens, the mindset and um, ability for a hiring manager to think more broadly about the world will change. So some of it is, you know, we got to, you know, again, push from the top down and then some of it will happen organically. I do believe that, like I said before, this next generation. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I see it all the time. And, you know, we have a junior board now on for music biz. That's just like such dynamic young people who, you know, they're going to, they're not going to stay at a job if they don't feel seen and heard and supported. So um, it's been actually pretty fascinating to watch. Well, Jonathan, Azu, I don't want to take your whole day. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing with Diversity in Music and Culture Collective. And thanks for being with me on The Future of What. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. You're listening to The Future of What. Follow us on all platforms at Music Biz Associ, A-S-S-O-C, to find out more about Music Biz and hear about what's coming up next. My guest today is Elysia Felix-Huey. She is the SVP of Global Human Resources at Sony Music Publishing. Elysia, how are you today? I'm well, Portia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you today on The Future of What. It's a joy to talk to you, as usual. Same. So the last time we spoke, it's been a couple years, but, you know, at the time we were talking about the efforts the music industry had very recently started to speak very vociferously about to diversify the music industry. Um, This was a couple of years ago following the murder of George Floyd and the, you know, the day the music stood still, (laughs) Blackout Tuesday. You know, the the many things that happened in in 2020 in addition to all the other stuff that happened in 2020. And I really wanted to check in with you and just sort of get your take on what types of things you've seen happen over the last couple of years. Like what have what have the results been? Mm. I think for me, being a music executive and, and a black and Latina female executive in the music business, I think the most um, recognizable, I guess the most recognizable results that I've seen have been, I've, I've really witnessed a greater opportunity being provided to a wider group of qualified applicants who happen to be diverse. So I immediately after the murder of George Floyd, when organizations were just trying to figure out what to do next and how to really support black and brown employees, I started seeing a lot of my colleagues and folks who I I had never met before but knew of being given these 
amazing opportunities in leadership roles, which I thought was incredible. You know, this includes like any historically marginalized groups that may not have been considered or had an opportunity to even interview for a number Mm -hmm. of the positions that I saw people were actually you know, being promoted to or being offered roles like that. So that that was really eye-opening for me. I felt good about that because, you know, representation matters. Mm-hmm. And to, to see that companies took this very serious and were looking to diversify their leadership and their C-suite was really, um, I, I think that was one of the most notable results that I that I saw. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's an incredible, you know, the impact to the music industry from both a bottom line strategy and operations perspective, as well as aesthetically, because again, like I said, you know, representation matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the last time we spoke, one of the things that you spoke about that I thought was so powerful was that, you know, the efforts that we have to make, they can't just be about diversifying the pipeline and bringing in new talent at the bottom level. It really has Mm. to be about diversifying throughout the ranks and also supporting people once they do receive the promotion that perhaps they hadn't gotten in the past. Mm -hmm. I just wondered if that was something that you're, you know, if if you're seeing that happening, if you're seeing, if you're hearing reports of people, you know, talking about, well, I got the promotion, I did move forward, you know, and now how is it going for people? Yeah. I think that, yes, I've been in those conversations, Um, colleagues, employees, executives, and, you know, there there are some challenges for folks, I do believe, right? And I I think that, you know, when, when, when the industry, not just music, but a lot of the industries, they, they embarked on a challenge and a level of discomfort that they probably didn't really realize what what that really means when you bring different people into your organization, right? And so you have to make a conscious effort to create a safe space for employees regardless of gender, mm-hmm. race, age, sexual orientation. And 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 that that challenges and I think it has challenged organizations even further to create a safe space and what what does that mean and what does that employee experience feel like right because at the end of the day if you're trying to create a space that is inclusive that it's it, it can be challenging at times depending on your current culture so you're talking about cult, shifting culture shifting mindset shifting behavior etc and for us, I know at Sony Music Publishing, it's been going extremely well. Um, you know my chairman, John Platt, mm-hmm. and he is a force. And, you know, he encourages us to lean into all of this, the uncomfortable things. So leaning into this, to the discomfort, if you will, only helps us grow as an organization. And we, we actually learn a lot. Mm. That being said, I just, I launched a women's leadership program last September, and we just finished our first cohort. And it was simply amazing. For the first time ever, our organization took time out to really focus on our employees who identify as female mm-hmm. and, you know, investing in their development 
and understanding their experience and how we can be better. Also encourage them to lean into their power mm-hmm. that they may or may not have known that they have. And just how important it is to set the tone at the leadership level, bringing people along. I think it, it was just a very powerful program. And in the end, we were able to meet in person in Nashville. And that was even more dynamic because having seen one another for almost two years, it just it just really elevated the level of thinking, the accountability, and the seriousness as to the challenges that we have ahead of us. So that that's, you know, one way in which we, we were sort of leaning into supporting executives throughout their careers. Absolutely. And where do you think we're headed? I mean, do you have a more positive feeling now than you did two years, years ago? Or, you know, how, how has it changed? I do. I honestly do. I, I believe that You know, as I mentioned previously, when you bring diverse executives, diverse talent, diverse thinking into your organization, there's no way you can stay status quo. If you do, people are just going to leave, right? Right. So it's not only bringing people into the the space, but then taking it, you know, that's the diversity piece, right? You're going to bring all people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different skill sets. But then the next piece to that is how do you keep them there and how do you retain them? How do you create a safe space and it's, this is safety, psychological safety, in which they can show up, you know, as who, who, who they are and be comfortable and build trust and really tap into their, their thinking and, and it's just, you know, there are steps to it. It's not just, oh, we're going to hire a bunch of um, folks who don't look like me. It's kind of the real work begins when you actually get them in the door. Right. And so I do. I, I feel that we are headed in a really, really good positive space. I think serious conversations are continuing to be had. And it's time. You know, we have an amazing younger generation Mm -hmm. and they are just challenging us in every which way possible and I love it I love change so I I love it I do too I feel the same way I'm I'm so impressed you know music biz does a lot of online events we did a lot of online events during the pandemic we do a lot of in-person events and I've just seen you know it's like the talent pool that's out there is just fantastic and you know once you give people a voice and a platform and the ability to you know, put themselves out there. It's just inspirational, you know, because they're just such great people. Yeah, they really are smart, assertive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing qualities that, you know, we we really do appreciate. Exactly. I agree completely. Well, Alicia Felix Huey, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? You're welcome. So great to see you and speak with you, Portia. Wonderful to talk to you too. And thank you so much. This was a delight. Same. Thank you. Okay. Take care. And that's our show. Our theme song is Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five and is played by permission. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Today's show was engineered by Clark Buckner at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and was produced by Dana Rogers and Henrik Bick. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next time. Can I have a taste of your ice cream? Can I lick the crumbs from your table?